Hey there, this is Adrienne Lopez, the Integrative Awareness Coach and host of Lifting the Veil. This week's episode is entitled The Disconnect, and we're on episode 50 already. Amazing. This topic came up this week because of kind of a hangover of what I observed a huge outpouring that really resonated because it touched the nerve my nerve and apparently the nerves of many other people about self-love self-care which can sound self-indulgent to some perhaps even frivolous and to some even dangerous. But I've come to the conclusion that this is because we are part of a culture that has been exiled from its own heart. What the what? What am I even saying? What do I mean? How can a whole culture be cut off or disconnected from their own heart? From the ability to truly nurture themselves? To give their mind and heart the space to truly be a human in all of its intricacies? Well, for starters, as I mentioned, just noticing how many people were triggered or at least eagerly motivated to share their opinion about one certain athlete, which I will not name here, and how she should or shouldn't take care of herself. While none of us are in the place to tell another how they should be, how they should feel, or when they've had enough. We all have a journey that is ours alone, and it requires us to remember what it is like to embody unconditional love for ourselves. Yet many of us were taught that love is a display of care and concern for the outcome related to others' choices, even if it crosses their boundaries or requires another to abandon themselves to sacrifice their desires and needs. I mean, that's what a person does for love, right? But is that really love? I think it's more of a mythology. As you can see from this mass outpouring of of reaction, the public's reaction, which highlights to me that the quality of each person's relationship to self-care, their relationship to their own freedom, to honor their own wishes, to listen to their own mind and their own heart, is a very delicate topic. I mean, if I can't listen to my own heart, You can bet sure as hell that no one around me should be able to either. At least that's what I'll believe. It reveals that we've all been taught specific things about what it means to take care of ourselves. Our right to set boundaries and the right to say no. And the right to choose for ourselves. Clearly, this individual's decision pissed some people off 
while others were like, yeah, you go girl. No matter what camp you were in, if you were in a camp, if you're a person like me, it may have made you start wondering why the situation, as I mentioned earlier, touched so many nerves. And as I mentioned, it reveals the tenuous relationship we all have with creating and enforcing healthy boundaries with authority. I mean, it takes real courage to say no, especially for a person who's in the spotlight, especially for a person who has experienced an abuse of power by those in authority in the past. Her ability to say no might be her victory. And it might not look like your idea of victory, but it's hers to choose all the same. This is part of the reason why I started Mind Heart Space for myself and others. I wanted to create a practice of making safe spaces to normalize them for each person to authentically express themselves without fear of punishment or judgment or being excluded. I never experienced that growing up and I think few people really have. And so this is the gift that I'm here to give myself first and then of course to others. This is so rare because most people are operating from an ego or the conditioned self that is attached to others conforming to certain perspectives or ideas or views of the world. Because to the ego's understanding, to the ego's perspective, this translates into feeling loved or valued. But when you start releasing that ego, that small conditioned self, usually a product of stress response, you realize that love cannot be given or taken away because it is your very nature. And then you can stop playing drama or control games. You stop being destroyed by others' reactions to you and you begin to just be. When people react to you adversely with judgments or aggression, you realize it is a reaction to their own self-rejection that their ego has used to manipulate or bully others into feeding its addictive view of the world. That things have to be just like this or I won't be happy. And you can in or I should say to the contrary instead of reacting or defending yourself You can just thank that person for giving you the opportunity to remember your true nature. And you can remember to love and respect yourself even more. No matter how many tantrums the egos around you are having. This is something that I learned by listening to people. I've always been a people person. Spending my life listening to others stories I find it so interesting because when you do hear people's stories you begin to 
notice the patterns and themes which contain the clues to their own relationship to themselves and to the world, including the amount of freedom or restriction that they have to just be. Earlier in my life, I unconsciously served as a mirror for people. I didn't realize I was doing it. But today as a life coach, I consciously serve as a loving mirror. In this sense, being a loving mirror doesn't mean telling people what they want to hear or allowing them to manipulate or try to escape responsibility for the situations that they've created in their life. It doesn't mean you allow people to be powerless victims. But what it does mean is I remind people of their own power and encourage them to access it because nobody else can do it for them. I started off in the beauty industry where I was surrounded by mirrors. Then I went into education and I've spent most of my life preparing for the work that I'm doing now as an integrative awareness coach. And that's just a fancy way of of saying that through being a mirror for people, I hold space for them to bring all the parts of themselves back together in a integral or holistic way, which is the root for the word heal or health and really a sense of well-being in the world. This process has been a natural uh, progression of my increasing self-awareness, which has allowed me some insight into a silent pandemic that's been going on across this planet for much longer than the current one that everyone's talking about now. Not to dismiss or... um, or make it unimportant but there's something larger in the background going on that I think has intensified um, all of our experiences on every single level and in many ways it, it could be and has been more insidious I know because I lived it and I've witnessed it. I've witnessed countless others living it. And I want as many people as possible to know that there's another way. It is possible to live outside of a trauma response and the inevitable addictions, illness and suffering that it causes. Outside of my own self-education and healing journey, I have witnessed and heard too many tales of the carnage of addiction, self-rejection, self-hatred, self-ridicule, affecting everyone in its wake, a pandemic that is intergenerational according to epigenetics. (coughs) Excuse me. This can be the legacy of childhood trauma, but it doesn't have to be. It took me years to finally answer the call because the fishbowl I was raised in seemed so normal. It was easy to turn a blind eye to not 
upset others or rock the boat. And because there has been so little or no therapeutic space to be heard or received in trauma without judgment, condemnation, which only pronounces the origin of trauma itself, disconnection. Disconnection is the message we get that I must reject part of myself to let others be comfortable so they can be in denial of what's true for me to make others feel comfortable. And this is largely, not always, right? But been relegated to the domain of the feminine. And we all have feminine and male aspects in ourselves. Some of us have just learned to disown them. Some of the symptoms of this are alcoholism, drug addiction, domestic violence, sexual abuse, self-mutilation, and of course, sadly, suicide. These behaviors are all attempts to quelch internal pain that is regularly dismissed, unrecognized, sometimes reduced to poor choices, used to shame and guilt people by implying that they are self-indulgent, self-involved, or weak for wanting to address, resolve, or um, heal their own pain. I mean, phrases like suck it up and the show must go on are definitely pillars of belief in our society. The only thing is, is life is not a show and you are not a starfish. Life is a gift, but if you can't be present to it, it's really hard to receive it. If your emotional needs and basic sense of safety weren't met, it's hard to be present to life. I experienced this in my family. When I attempted to address issues of abuse, I found myself suddenly placed in the role of perpetrator, having to defend and explain myself to those angered by having their own pain and shame pulled up to look at. Where were they? How could they have let this happen right under their nose? It's all too much to bear. So it must be somebody else's fault, right? The thing is, is unconsciousness breeds more unconsciousness. How can you address something that resides outside of consciousness? It's such a subtle program, most almost undetectable in a society that is based on disconnection as a survival mechanism. So much so, it goes under the radar, arising in the psyche in some other form, like a fleeting memory, showing up as a wistful longing for the past, some distant memory, an unsettling feeling of frustration or anger that you just can't quite put your finger on. It is the wound that allows people to look for belonging and love outside of themselves projecting their longing for real self, for their own presence, outside of themselves over and over again. Real life has been placed on a constant deferment to that one day 
in our pseudo reality constructed of marketing campaigns of Nike and Amazon Prime at your doorstep and now even delivered to your garage and mega billionaires that possess the majority of the wealth on the planet now taking their fortunes to outer space because don't you dare go within to address that inner space that is currently manifesting our United States of awareness or lack of it. This is what's making the current outside conditions possible. And it isn't anyone's fault. What? I have a lot of people who I can blame for this, right? There are people that are acting out a product of collective conditioning that we were all a part of. It is the process that has been, I should say, it's in the process of being shed. And it's not easy and it's not comfortable. But the speed in which we decide to do this work is the speed in which we cross this evolutionary bridge and it's up to us the more we hold on to the past of what was the longer it will take it reminds me of the scene from the novel the giver by lois lowry i used to read it every year with my eighth graders the main character is a 12 year old named jonah He is chosen as the receiver of memory by the Council of Elders in his community. In his new adult role, he is required to bear all the memories, emotions, and pain for the community. As he begins training for this most distinguished role, he soon realizes what is at stake. As no one in his community is truly living or at choice, He finally begins to see that unless each person is allowed to experience their own feelings, their own pain, and their own memories, they don't have the personal knowledge or experience necessary to make informed choices. So he decides to save his people by fleeing all that he's ever known, to leave them with the burden of their own collective memories. A perfect metaphor, I think, for this new generation A youth that will no longer take responsibility for all the unprossed emotions and memories of their parents. None of us can know love truly if we can't love or take care of ourselves. If we don't have the permission to do it, we have to give it to ourselves. We can't wait for outside sources to say, it's okay now. You can have boundaries. You can take care of yourself. If we're not allowed to be, if we don't demand that we be with our own experience to feel our feelings, even the most unacceptable ones, then like Jonah, or unlike Jonah, I should say, we don't have the power for our inner child in us, the child in us, to realize that it's okay to say no, and sometimes we have to say no. Two external circumstances don't serve us 
even if everybody else is doing it. We can restore our authentic relationship with the self. Outside circumstances and things can't be traded for it. They can't bring us happiness because the true measure of happiness is well-being, which is being in the possession of yourself, being at peace with your own decisions, treating yourself and your body with honor first, just the way you are. This is the only path back home. This is the only path back to truly being able to relate to others. Loving others should never require hurting or abandoning ourselves in the process, no matter what others say. We are not supposed to lose ourselves in order to attend to others' wounds. Truly, it is a journey only each of us can take. But we can shine our light on the path as others walk it. At the end of the day, it is between me, myself, and I, period. And I thank you for being here. I'm here to remind you that true love does not require any of us to become less of who we are for others, but more. Again, thank you so much for being here today. I hope you got something of value out of this week's episode. Please feel free to leave a comment, an emoji, ask a question. Um, I'm always willing and eager to take um, suggestions for future topics in the podcast. If you'd like to find out more about the work that I do, please check out my website at www.mindheart-space.com. On my homepage, I have a Calendly link that you can click on to book a free 20-minute clarity chat about how I may be able to best support you and serve you in remembering the truth of who you are. Until next time, please remember what a valuable treasure you are. And bye for now.